Would you like to discover something new that can enhance your lifestyle? If so, then strap yourself in for the next half hour or so and discover some helpful dialogue relating to an interesting health and happiness topic. Your feedback following the recording will be greatly appreciated and can be shared via email to petra at threequartertime.com.au. Every week, there will be a new addition to the podcast collection and a PDF summary about each topic can be requested with your feedback. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and it is with my great pleasure that I introduce Petra Taylor-Smith and this week's Health and Happiness podcast. Hi. And welcome to Make It Count podcast interview series. And today I'm here with a friend with a terrific story about weight control. He is a poster boy for one of Australia's number one health meal delivery service companies. So good afternoon, Tim. Hello, Petra. I suppose I should be letting everyone know that this is a topic close to my heart and yours. Um, I call it weight control. What would you call it? Um, yeah, look, it's about, um, it, it's probably more about uh, getting control of your lifestyle, I guess, and, um, you know, being a, a healthy a healthy weight, and, and that is part of um, a healthy lifestyle. Excellent. Would you be able to share with the audience a little bit about your journey? Because I know you've had a very interesting time and uh, wellness has been a big part of that. Sure. Um, well, as you know, I lost my wife to uh, cancer, breast cancer, in 2018. Um, and um, during her journey at that time, um, my weight had crept up, I found. Um, and uh, about the 12 months subsequent or post to her death, um, it crept up as well. I've never really been heavier than about 88 kilos my whole life, but at the top of the range uh, in mid-2019, while I was overseas in Europe, uh, probably excessively indulging on things in Italy and elsewhere, um, I found that my weight was uh, 98.4 kilos. So, um, and I know when I was away, I would sort of um, sit on the bed and bend over and put my shoes on and think, gosh, who put this soccer ball around my waist? So I determined when I got back um, that I needed to do something about that. Um, I also remember that Denise made me promise that um, given that uh, Sam is our only, my only grandson and my only grandchild, um, and he's only now, he's got no grandmothers, he's only got grandfathers, um, and I'm a very big part of his life and um, have a lot to do with him. Um, the, Denise made me promise that I'd make sure I was around for a long, long time to look after him. So That's beautiful. Uh, and I was away, while I was away in Europe, I was away with a good friend who had um, tried the, the meal um, delivery program uh, herself and I had suggested what I really needed to do was understand more about portion size more than anything because we just simply tend, if it's there, we eat it. So if we make too much, we eat it. Um, and so, um, yeah, I really needed to learn about portion size more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. I figured that might be the direction we would 
take this conversation. Um, you're probably similar to me in as much as you ate what was on your plate. And when you were young and running around, your metabolism could handle, you know, having exercise portions and you were always busy doing exercise. But I must admit, I got to 50 and started to realize the same thing. Gee, where did that come from? So yeah, right. you do yeah. have to be a lot more conscious of it, don't you? We do. I mean, I can certainly remember um, into about my mid-30s, my metabolism. Um, I was always a bit of a chunky kid and then around about um, exiting high school, I, I shed all that and, uh, you know, metabolism changed and that managed to stay that way until, you know, mid-30s. But even over that period of time, you know, you would creep up, your weight would creep up, your weight would creep up. And then certainly, um, for, you know, from the, the last 20 years, from the mid-30s to the mid-50s, um, it um, metabolism changed altogether. So, um, yeah. So through this program and whatever else you're going to talk about today, what have you managed to get yourself to now? Well, from, a, from, a, from topping out at 98.4 kilos, I currently sit on the scale at 73.2 kilos. Incredible, yeah. So I did. Like I, said. I did. Uh, I did drop to 71.5 half at one stage, but that was just um, too much. Like Seventy three was always my um, my goal weight, um, and um, yeah, by the time I got to about seventy three and decided I needed to slow down the weight loss a bit, it sort of you know careered until it stopped at about seventy one and a half, um, and then I've managed to find the right balance i guess in um in my meal uh now that i'm sitting and have sat at this goal weight now for over two years yeah wonderful so in your over 50 age bracket which we both are we know that we've got to look at the overall picture it's not just about weight is it it's sort of also about muscle mass and so forth yeah yeah yeah. And uh, i decided as part of um part of that overall change of, of lifestyle when I came back from uh, Europe. Not only did I need to teach myself about portion size and portion control, I needed to also get fit. So um, at, that, at that stage, I took on um, Pilates and uh, have been doing um, Pilates now twice a week for, uh, well, first of all, we started off with one, one day a week. And, uh, and then um, there were the numbers got up that we could have two days a week Pilates classes. So um, I have done Pilates for, um, yeah, pretty well two days a week now for nearly three years. That's so good for, for anyone. I look, I swear by Pilates. Um, lots of people go, oh, yeah, that's kind of like a, a different style of yoga, isn't it? And it's like, no. Um, it's, it's, it's similar, but it's certainly not. Um, it, it's more about um, maintaining um, balance and, and perception of, of where you are in, in, in spatial reality um, and about building um, flexibility and a strong core um, because, you know, most of us don't have a strong core muscle system. Um, especially if you're a, a, a lady that's had children, um, you know, the pelvic floor can get weak. All right, you've all heard of pelvic floor exercises, but it's more than just the pelvic floor exercises and things. And um, 
uh, you know, I remember I started the class on a Monday morning and I was the youngest in the class. Uh, I was the only male and I was the youngest in the class and the average age in the class was around about 73, 74. Uh, this is pre-COVID, of course. Um, and um, uh, I used to call it the golden girls class. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, look, it's amazing watching some of those ladies that are still today doing that same class with me. Um, and, and one of those ladies is uh, well into her 80s. And um, just to watch her um, able to balance on one, on one leg and, and, you know, all those stability things um, that um, don't plague her at the, at, in, in her early 80s, that plague so many people because they just simply don't have a a strong core system and b um they don't have the flexibility so you know it's all about flexibility in all sorts of joints your ankles your legs your knees um and all sorts of things so um see i've i've, I've done that uh, during the warmer months um during the warmer months i swim pretty well every couple of days a week um do do laps in the in the ocean and um, I, I love that. That's that's why we live where we do, so that we can enjoy that outdoor lifestyle in the warm weather. Um, and um, I certainly do a lot of walking with um, with the dog, um, and uh, would would probably walk about five kilometres a day just walking the dog. So. And would you say that this whole process has been a, a fairly long term? You didn't set yourself a goal of losing it in a, a six-month period or something. It was just a, a new lifestyle well, for you. Yeah, look, I, it was. It was part of a lifestyle. Um, look, I knew, I knew, I, I knew I would shed the kilos. There's no two ways about that. Um, but um, didn't. Um, it, it took about seven and a half months to shed that initial. 27 kilos so that's amazing 27 kilos over that period yeah, 27 of kilos and I, I can remember you know um uh, my son-in-law um brews um alcohol um back in the olden days you probably called it a still but um anyhow he had a bag of sugar in in the shed a 25 kilo bag of sugar and um i said to my grandson one day here let's pick this bag of sugar up um, and um, I said, um, now all we need to do is put this brick on top of that bag of sugar and you'll have about an idea of how much, um, how much weight I managed to shed. And, and when you pick something up like that and you put it into perspective, you begin to see why when you walk up a gentle hill, you're puffing and panting, uh -huh. why things hurt when you get out of bed in the morning, um, all those things. Um, and... I just don't have those issues anymore. You know, I, I used to think at 50 years of age, gee, if this is how the body hurts when you get out of bed in the morning, it's a bit of a slow decline from this point, isn't it? But, you know, I just don't have those issues anymore. And they're obviously related to my size. That's incredible. And it's inspiring to other people who might be feeling that way, that you actually can improve your overall feeling of wellness and um, go, you know, in reverse, you feel younger than you used to. Absolutely. Um, and I remember, I, I mean, I, I guess I've never, I've never had a, that kind of, you know, you can have a test where it 
it'll measure your um you know your age against your body age kind of thing and and where you're at and so on and so forth but you know i certainly know that um i can i can strut up a hill fairly quickly nowadays without getting that uh that puffed um so i certainly you know i can swim much further and swimming's quite um swimming's quite good for the lungs too so um, you certainly know that if you're um, if you're a bit unfit, even though you think you're fit, if you're a bit unfit and you do some swimming, you'll certainly notice how how good your lungs are um, because of, of just the demand that that swimming and um, I guess holding your breath while you're swimming um, and letting controlled breath in and out puts on your um, on your breathing system. But the other thing that I did in in um, in combination with all of that was I looked into intermittent fasting um, and um, I think that has huge benefits. In fact, um, I know I know the program that I, um, that I was on and I'm still on um, includes intermittent fasting as part of their programs now. And, but, but I brought that on board way before they ever had any of that in their program. Um, and I still to today, um, I, I do intermittent fasting. So I, I do a 16-8 fast and um, I've done that for all that length of time. So over three years now, about, about nearly three and a half years. Um, and the, the interesting thing that I found was that after about three days of doing the intermittent fasting, the hunger pangs went away. So there was no feeling during any of that weight dropping that I was starving and and so many people go oh yeah I've tried all that but I just I was just hungry all the time so I had to eat no intermittent fasting will fix that very quick smart and do you do it just a couple of days a week or is that your permanent program yeah no I do it all the time yep I mean there's some days there's some days you can't because maybe you're traveling or you've got to do something and you've got to adjust your schedule a bit you know we 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 all have um um, an outing on Saturday together, didn't we? So, um, you know, I knew that would be lunch. <clears throat> Ordinarily, I wouldn't have my breakfast until 11. So I just had a very light bowl of cereal about half past nine just to tide me through the morning until um, until we went out to lunch. But, um, yeah, pretty much every day, 16, 8, I try to um, I, um, eat breakfast at 11 and then... Um, try to eat dinner by seven at night so you get that that fast on the way through at night and um you know honestly i have to force myself to eat sometimes because i'm simply not looking for food so if you're worried about if you're ever going on any sort of um weight dropping program or or that um that you're going to be hungry maybe look into intermittent fasting maybe 16 8 isn't the one for you you can do all sorts of variations but it's really, really good, I believe, for um, improving the, um, the the blood glucose balance, um, which seems to be what makes you hungry, um, and it fixes that pretty quick, smart, and um, it's also apparently um, very good for your immune function um, in those latter parts of the um, early morning fast. Well, good on you. That actually lends itself nicely because I was going to use that example of us going out for lunch um, the other day because um, we've noticed that if we're dining out, which, you know, socially you like to do with your friends and family, 
it's more often now that we will encourage people to meet us for lunch than dinner for that very reason. It gives you a time to metabolise the food. And, like, I didn't eat dinner the other night once we had that beautiful lunch because you just really don't feel that hungry, do you, in the evening? No, no, not at all. So, um, and, um, you know, quite often there's lots of things that say you should have that that more heavier meal in the middle of the day and, and have the lighter meal at night. Um, and um, so, yeah, you just got to find what you got to find what works for you and what what fits into your lifestyle and and um, and what you can main, what you can maintain too. Well, definitely, lifestyle is a big part of what we all aim to enjoy over fifty. And I know the other day you said you were um, walking to and from the restaurant, and so did we. And I think that's another thought people could have is if you are going to. Um, be putting you know a lot of food into your your body maybe an alternative to driving is if you're not that far to walk um, exercise as part of it's great to stir your body up afterwards absolutely absolutely yeah so and, there's all um, those things you can try yeah and, and look I, I can remember I, I took on there was a, a Queensland government program about um healthy lifestyle and improving lifestyle and stuff. And it offered um, six sessions, I think, or something of free counselling or whatever. So I decided to take that on too. And um, it was good to just chat um, to, to, through that, um, to that person that was the support person throughout those nine weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it, it, it went across. I think it went across 12 weeks every fortnight for about 40 minutes or something. But it was just good to be able to talk through. Um, and one of the things that, you know, he suggested about how to break habits, you know, it was very easy just to pour a glass of wine and sit down in the dining, in the um, in the lounge chair and watch the idiot box while you ate. Um, and then, you know, quite often it would be you'd find a bottle of wine had disappeared, you know, and, and you need to stop those things. And how do you stop those things? How do you, you got to break those habits. So, you know, one of the habits that I broke was I didn't sit in the in the um, um, lounge chair eating dinner of a night time. I forced myself to sit at the dining room table. So I broke that thought process. I didn't need a glass of wine while I sat at the, while I sat at the dining room table. So I broke that um, habit process. And afterwards, I, you know, I'd get up and I'd take the dog for a walk. So by the time you got back from taking the dog for a walk, you weren't looking for glasses of wine or anything like that. So it was a matter of um, understanding how to break habits. Um, and quite a lot of quite a lot of our our lifestyle is based around habits that we've picked up over years and years and years. Some of them are good, but some of them perhaps are not as good. And um, you know, people go, so, you know, how do you do all that? Well, just change something. Change where you eat a meal. It's getting warmer. Maybe you can eat a meal outside in the fresh air. Um, don't take the glass of wine out with you. Um, you know, do something different to, 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 to change the mindset. And once I did that, it, it became a lot easier to, um, to change all sorts of things because it's about changing the way you think about things, I guess, when you approach things. Absolutely. You've given us so many great ideas. I was going to go a little bit into 
with your um, style of eating, now I don't know if you're still on that um, healthy meal delivery service, but what were the main features that you think it could have been any company, let's say, what would be the features? Is it the portion sizes that they mainly focused on or is it combinations of food? Well, I think it's variety more than anything. Um, I know prior to going to Europe, I, I also had a, a fresh food delivery service that was coming to the door where you prepared your own meals. Mm. But, you know, the minimum meals you could get were meals for two. So, and because it was fresh produce, um, the, the tricky thing was if you thought, well, I'll only cook half of it tonight and I'll have the other half tomorrow night, by the time you got to the uh, produce for the fifth night, it's starting to wilt, look daggy, and you, know, you may as well throw it in the bin. So you felt compelled that you had to cook that meal, that whole meal. It was more than one person needed, but um, you went, mm, well, if I have that for lunch tomorrow, I probably won't feel like I need to have dinner tomorrow night. So, you know, you just, it, it, it was really easy to eat too much. And so it's why I decided to change tactic when I got back. Um, and uh, not that I had any qualms with any of them. It's just I changed the tactic because it's a fixed meal size. And once you've eaten that meal, you're done. Yeah. So there's no, there's no additional leftovers in the pan or, or whatever that you walk back out into the kitchen and you go, oh, I'll just eat that one more risole because I don't want to wrap that up and put that in the fridge or something like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, once once you've eaten it, it, again, it's about training yourself, isn't it? It's about discipline. Yeah. And um, when it was a fixed portion meal size and you'd eaten that meal, there was nothing more to eat. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, it just broke some, it broke some habits for me. Where um, in a situation like your alone most of the time for your meals whereas in my situation with the family it's been hard because I'd like to try one of those um, companies but I've still got to prepare meals for teenagers so my new approach is to not have alcohol as a standard it's a special occasion my plate yep. size has diminished from a, a full you know dinner plate to more or less um, just a bread and butter plate yeah. And then um, we're not actually going to be um, just sitting around at night. We'll often go for a walk or do something like that. So the sedentary lifestyle, I think, especially in those cooler months of the year, which is when you tend to eat more and not the right stuff. So spring's a perfect time to bring in some new habits, like you were saying. Absolutely. Spring's a great time. And um, and spring has sprung here in Queensland. So um it um, winter finished about five days ago and um, spring has arrived. Yes, so definitely. Good, yes. good time to get out. And, um, you know, if you don't want to do a walk after dinner, do one before dinner or whatever and, and um, start, start small, start walking around the block and then think about how you can um, extend it a bit more and, and more. And, yeah, like as you said, um, you know, so many of us, um, enjoy that glass of wine or whatever with dinner and then it ends up being two or three, um, have that as a special occasion um, now. And, um, um, yeah, so um, changing a few habits is what I think spring is all about for everyone, yeah. changing a few habits, maybe looking into 
the benefits if if they want to if they want to lose um, shed some weight, look into the benefits of combining that with um, intermittent fasting because that will certainly fix the food craving issue. Good on you. Okay, well, I think we're nearing the time that we've got, but I will just recap because you've covered everything so beautifully. It's a, an overall look at health and wellness and, and attitude, I think, which we've kind of brought up um, a lot through this podcast and talk of how you don't have to necessarily change all your lifestyle. You just have to work with special occasions and, and dining out and, and make some small changes to um, allow yourself to not keep seeing yourself, you know, going in the wrong direction. You might not even want to lose weight, but you might just want to maintain weight. So there's things like the the meal um, plans, which can control calories and so forth. Um, I love that you spoke about the variety of exercises that you're doing and how it's a combination of that and the intermittent fasting, um, times of eating meals, and just looking at some support in maybe a community or um, government program, there's all different types of help out there if you go searching for it. Absolutely, and I, and look if and probably the the other thing you know is as as you're getting over fifty and and onwards, you're starting to think about well, you know, maybe I don't need to work full time. Maybe I, you know I still need to work, but I don't necessarily work a full time. So it's a matter of being able to find um, some sort of, um, I call it life work balance um, as, 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 you're getting, um, as you're getting over over 50 and onwards. There's one thing I certainly don't envisage me trying to do and that's go down the ski slopes in my 80s with a, with a wheelie walker. So, you know, um, if you're going to do those things, you need to do those things before you get to that point and, um, and, and you need to be fit. You need, you need to be fit and mobile and, and flexible and active um, to be able to enjoy um, those advancing years that we're all entering into. Absolutely. It's all about quality and, yeah, we want to spend our time out enjoying ourselves, not in the doctor surgery, having to look at how we've left it too long and now we've developed, you know, some sort of a chronic uh, health problem. So, yeah. Thank you for all your insight, Tim, and for sharing that amazing journey that you've been on. Um, I hope all the listeners have gained some great ideas to take from it, even if it's just start small. It doesn't have to happen overnight. And uh, I believe anything you do slowly is probably more maintainable. Yeah, and look, I've talked about lots of things, but they didn't all happen at once. Um, You know, they've been a combination of things um, that I've sort of, um, fed into or, or fell into um, or looked into over the last couple of years um, since I lost my wife. So, um, um, yeah, it's a matter of um, having a look what's out there and changing some perspective and, um, and uh, looking forward to um, enjoying those advancing years as long as we can, yeah, without needing to um, make the doctor or the chemist rich. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I think that's a great note on which to leave. So thanks for your time this afternoon, Tim, and I wish you all the best with your future journey of travel and adventure. Thanks, Petra. All right, and we'll catch up soon. All right, then. Thank you, and the end of today's podcast. Petra's podcasts are intended for all over 50s seeking health and happiness. Her website, www.3quartertime.com.au, 
is where you'll find out all about her events and services. You might also like to investigate her Facebook or Instagram presence. And if you're interested in RSVPing to an event, you'll find links to the Meetup online site where you can book and pay. Petra is from Noosa on the Sunshine Coast of Queensland and her details are available via her website or at LinkedIn. Please share her ideas with your connections and thank you for listening. Have a great day. I've now got 10 fun fascinating facts for you about superfoods. 1. Spirulina has high iron content and is an algae. It contains more than 70% protein and is a suitable alternative to meat. 2. Raw cacao improves alertness, arousal, blood pressure, blood sugar levels. Its reputation for health benefits is ancient and it was even used as a currency in the 16th century. 3. Cinnamon has a positive effect on the brain, especially via its smell. It also has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. 4. Quinoa provides amino acids that our body cannot produce on its own. These grains and seeds are packed with protein, fibre and various vitamins and minerals. 5. Berries are full of antioxidants, especially strawberries and blueberries. They slow down the adverse oxidative reactions and lower levels of inflammation. They improve cognition and can reduce the risk of cancer. 6. Beets. They improve your liver function via betaine and their greens are linked to better eye health thanks to lutein and zeaxanthin. 7. Chia seeds were once an important currency considered even more precious than gold. They can rejuvenate skin, strengthen the immune system and balance blood sugar levels. 8. Pawpaw or papaya contains useful enzymes that assist with digestion and many other health needs. 9. Maca is a Peruvian root vegetable packed with benefits. It is energy enhancing, mood stabilizing and very supportive of both male and female hormonal systems. And 10. Ginger was once an expensive spice. It has strong anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects. I hope these 10 fun and fascinating facts about superfoods are interesting to you as they were to me. Bye.